this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen. Thanks for joining us today for Ted Speaks with your host, Ted Carew, the Positive Safety Coach. As co-host and Ted's wife, I have the added task of keeping Ted in line and laughing at his jokes, which isn't always easy. My name is Barb Carew. We are coming to you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, home of the Brewers, Miller Beer, and the Fonz. How could it get any better than that? Our podcast focuses on sharing ideas with business owners and safety professionals to keep employees safe and families together. Our passion for keeping people safe is the reason Total Health and Safety Solutions was created. This is how Ted is able to share his 25 years of safety experience by supporting companies around the globe in their efforts to strengthen their health and safety process. Please join us in welcoming Kelsey Lee. Kelsey has always been an active supporter of safety, both directly and indirectly. She has worked in the blood and plasma industry for over 15 years, ensuring the safety of the donor, vendors, and employees. Currently, Kelsey is in a customer service manager role, but she is always looking to improve the safety of others around her and looking for ways to be efficient and effective with safety training. Kelsey also recognizes that it's not just the physical safety of people that is important, but their emotional and mental safety as well. While we are post-pandemic, we are still very much living the effects of that time, and that is why we need to take into account labor shortages, folks being burnt out, and too much information given to people in too little of a time. Hey, Kelsey, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? Good. Hey, we're excited to have you on on uh, TED Speaks, and especially because anytime we talk safety and uh, wisdom all at one time, I, I both Barbara and I are very excited to have you on. Yeah, awesome. I love safety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and we've we've chatted about it and, and you yeah. know, because it's really that human side, right? I mean that human yes. side of safety that that makes us really passionate about it and, and being able to keep families together. That's what it's all about. So we're excited to have you on here. Can you kind of give our um viewers and our audience a little bit of background about you? Yeah, so my name is Kelsey Lee. Um, I have been in a management role for over 15 years. And I have indirectly um, always assisted and oversaw in some aspects safety. And you're right. The human piece of safety is extremely important. And I think one of the things that I've realized the most coming out of the back end of a pandemic is that we are so used to everything coming to us, you know, by just one click. Mm-hmm. I can order my groceries online. I can do all my banking online. Yeah. Yes. 
I can do everything so quickly. So why is it when I tell somebody how to safely operate a forklift, for instance, one time, that person doesn't do it that well? Well, it wasn't the trainer, right? What's that? <laughs> I said it wasn't the trainer, right? No. no I'm just kidding. But, but it's because we're human. Right. And I want to be trained and taught things. And I want to do that to others. I want to empower them because we will not be successful when it comes to our physical safety and even our mental and emotional safety. If we just tell somebody one time to do something and we expect that 100% perfect result. And I think that's where the frustration and that ickiness and that defeat comes from that makes people really kind of shy away of wanting to invest in safety or even listening to it. So that's what I really have come to appreciate the last couple of years in recognizing how humans uh, take in the world, view training and how they want to do a good job, actually, at the end of the day. And whether safety is a metric or a KPI that organizations must achieve, at the end of the day, it is the right thing to do of keeping folks safe. Yeah. And we want them to come to work in a safe environment that actually feels mentally and emotionally safe so that their physical safety is, um, is not at stake either. I like a, a lot of what you said, um, just talking about that human factor. And I think, too, whether you're being trained, whether you're the one training, I think we've all been in roles. Obviously, Ted, you do safety training. Kelsey, I'm sure you've done a lot of training. I've had other jobs been trained or been the trainer of new employees. And Right. You have to put yourself in, in someone's shoes. Like they're looking at something for the first time, mm -hmm. whether it's driving a forklift or what have you. And you have to be able to recognize that. And not all people do. And it's not necessarily a fault of their own. I think it is something that some people naturally have. Some people, like you said, can be taught or helped. I look at all the great teachers out there, like at high school. But when our kids come home and they say the ones that actually like show and give examples and such versus yeah. a lot of times nowadays, it's look it up online. Like mm -hmm. it's not easy for everyone to self-teach themselves. So to recognize that is one thing and then to know what to do with it, would you say is the next step? And how do you navigate recognizing that? Because not everyone's going to say, I don't get it. They're not going to ask those questions. Correct. So, um, and I think that's a good question, Barb. And I kind of, I kind of would like to go off on a little story. And I think of how we've all learned at a roughly around the age of 16 to drive our car, mm -hmm. right? And we didn't start on the interstate in a snowstorm, you know, during rush hour. We started probably in a parking lot. <laughs> yes. And that's where it's up to, I think, the trainers. To say, like, my main goal isn't for them to become an expert tomorrow, but I need to get their confidence up a little bit so that we can build off of that. So we're going to drive around in the parking lot. You're going to feel how to do all that stuff, how the brakes feel, what it means to put down your foot for the gas, get your confidence in turning the wheel, do all that, and then we'll build off of that. And I think sometimes people experience, because we're humans, feelings 
And we can't put words to our feelings. Like sometimes it's difficult to say, this is what I'm feeling and this is what I'm expecting. And that's really where the trainer needs to always take a step back. And my goal is to build their confidence little by little. And we build off of that. And I think of the car example. In addition to starting in a parking lot, essentially everybody had 16 years of experience prior to even driving by being a passenger, by seeing how their parents fill up the gas, you know, tank and how to open up the door and put this safety belt on. There was so much leading up to the success of this. And right now, because we're so short staffed, We want to bring people in, give them the bullet points of what they do and expect it to happen perfectly. Because oftentimes the trainer has 20 years of experience. They know it's so good. Why don't you? Right. And, And that's where there's a conflict. That's where, you know, the first day of work, if you come to work and you feel like you're driving in a snowstorm, in rush hour, you know, on the interstate, you're going to be mentally exhausted. You're going to go home being like, I just need to sit down and not think about anything. And if we do that with training, it just, it gives out. It just tuckers away. And then we don't have the buy-in. I I like that example of uh, put them in a parking lot, you know, when we start out driving, because that's true. That's why I think where we pretty much all start. I started out at an airport, but that's for different reasons. (laughs) Um, And, uh, but it took a while to build up that confidence in there and, and, and teaching our kids. You know, I saw the same thing as, as they went through their driving uh, skills and some less than others. But, yeah, they're, they're, you know, building up that confidence is, is so crucial. It's just like coaching, right? Coaching and, yeah. and, and taking a while to, to build up that confidence and, and have a little bit of that patience uh, with that. But you're right. A lot of times we want to go, OK, so you got it. Let's go. And, and, yeah. and it's not really that, that, that amount of time. How do leaders facilitate safety in, in the work environment? How, how would they do that? Yeah. So you, you said something really good of it's like coaching. It's like training mm-hmm. and coaching and training are the same thing. And in no world, in no situation should yelling ever be okay when you're coaching and training. And I think of like construction companies or even manufacturers where there's these large equipments that could cause extreme amount of pain or loss of limbs. And we have to make sure that when we're coaching them and training them, that we're not yelling at them. We're not telling them, don't do that. Don't do this. Because that's not going to create a good environment for them to actually take in it all to then apply that knowledge and to learn and to effectively and safely operate that. Something I heard a couple of years ago that I thought was really interesting is that humans can't do a don't. And so oftentimes Ah. when we say, don't drop that or don't miss that, they're really three times more likely to do that. And so we should be asking questions like, what are your ideas to create a safe space over here? Or what can we do to, you know, even approve this more than what we are doing? So those are a few things. I think another thing that leaders often do is, and I've been guilty of this before in the past, is let's say work or I walk out on a production floor mm-hmm. and maybe there's a certain route or I have to wear safety glasses. It's like a, a requirement to enter this this area. 
But if a supervisor or a leader is like, you know what, I just have to go all the way over there. I'm going to run right back. It's not a big deal. I forgot my safety glasses. It's just for a minute, whatever, not a big deal. But the thing is, is that the people that you manage and lead are looking at that. It is a big deal. And they don't know what what, um, limitation you had when you did that. They didn't know that you were only going to be out there for two minutes. They just see that you're in an area that has to have uh, safety glasses on and you don't. And so right there in their mind, that's a contradiction and it does not set them up for success. I think of once again, when um, I was younger and I think of the driving situation, when I was old enough to be in the front seat and anytime my mom would put on the brakes, She'd do the mom arm, yep. <laughs> put her arm over me. She never told me. She never educated me. She never used her words to tell me what to do. That's just what I, I gathered over time by her actions, by her behavior. And so now when I put on the brakes fast, even if it's just my purse or groceries, <laughs> what do I do? Yeah. I do the mom arm. Yeah. And so that's why it's so important that if we have a rule or regulation in place, that we follow it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you bring up a really good point. I remember when I was uh, going to college, well, not really remember everything because this is a long time ago, but um, <laughs> I was doing a summer job, a little bit of construction. And um, I remember the safety director coming out and saying, you got to put on your hard hat. You got to put on your safety glasses. And that's mandatory when you, and, and kind of, you know, making me feel stupider than I was. <laughs> And um, it wasn't more than an hour later, here she's walking through there, no hard hat, no safety glasses, yeah. no nothing. And I just thought, well, this is, a, and I want to take everything off. So I learned a valuable lesson right there. You know, it's make sure we walk the talk. Um, yeah. And and when you don't, as a leader, that that's where you get your organization in, in trouble, not just in safety, obviously, but in a lot of things, right? right. Uh, would you agree? Yeah, definitely walk the walk. And I think another thing that leaders can do is always Take a step back and think of things contrastively, like how could I have been wrong in this situation? Yes. Or just because this is the way we've done it for 20 years, is this outdated? Like, are we creating more ways? We've been doing it this this way for the whole I don't understand. You know, humility, yeah. right? Humility. Yeah, yeah. And I think another thing is is that when leaders recognize that the full system in which they are operating is impacted anytime there's a change. So I think of like, if we're implementing a new forklift route, it would not be beneficial just to train the operator of that forklift. We need to think of all the people who are going to be walking through that site. You know, are there going to be blind spots? How are our vendors going to interpret this? How are our guests going to interpret this? How is leadership when they do a quarterly walkthrough going to take this new route? We have to think of all those things as well. Just going back to a couple great things that you said. First of all, that um, humans can't do a don't. I love I love that. <laughs> and I think it um, like I can relate it back to even I do this a lot, but parenting. You know, yeah, you do you do parenting a lot. I, yes. I do no, but I refer, like everything. I'm like, okay, yes, business. It applies. Oh, this you know applies to real life. And sometimes I'll be like, you know, texting is the way of the world with kids nowadays because they're all over the place. Yeah. And like sometimes I'll be sending a, a text and I'll maybe start like, hey John, don't do 
And then I'll be like, could you please, you know, and it's, I guess it's all in the approach is what Mm -hmm. I'm saying. You're still getting across the same message, but who doesn't like a positive approach versus a negative and in the workplace too. Like I think when you go on job sites and stuff, one thing that you talk about is you want to take the time to get to know people, hear about their day, not just come in and say, put your hard hat on. Right. Because really they're not going to care. They're not going to invest in what they're doing if they're just told with no why, no how are you today. So I, I love that. Humans can't do a don't. Well, you know, it, it's just like, um, again, I think I, I don't know how many times I've, I've quoted this uh, by Stephen Covey, but seek first to understand, then to be understood is one of the most powerful things that yeah. I've used in my life is, you know, and it's so true. We get so busy, though, that sometimes we forget that, but I do. And yeah. and I think as leaders, as safety leaders, we really need to find out why. And um, why is that happening that way? It's a very yeah. simple, you know, why are you doing that that way? Oh, well, this is the reason why. Oh, so then it doesn't make sense to do the thing that I'm asking you to. So let's just opens up a lot of opportunities. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, definitely. I think if we start that open dialogue from day one in training, then it's going to be easier for folks to communicate if they do see any blind spots or any ways to do things more efficiently and effectively. I think oftentimes... When I've seen folks train on safety, it's the bullet point, do, do, do. And then all of a sudden, a year later, something massive occurs. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> there you go. And the leaders are like, why didn't, you, why didn't you report this error? Why didn't you let us know sooner that it was going to happen? It was because that open communication was never facilitated. Right. And so all of a sudden... It's not going to all of a sudden come out because we weren't open, openly talking about right. these situations. They didn't feel comfortable giving that feedback, right? I mean, that's kind of what. Yeah. And, you know, Barb, I, I, I love that you like the humans can't do a don't. And what you brought up parenting and what I heard as an example a couple of years ago is somebody was telling their child to, you know, don't jump on the couch. That's like a common thing. My kids like to do that, jump and hang on the couch. And he advised the parents to say, just to ask them a question is, is that taking care of the couch? Because it makes them stop and it makes them think about how they want to respond. Right. Very true. Yeah. Well, I want to go on to the next question, Kelsey. What We talked about um, safety training and the importance of communication and letting people know the why. Um, what methods can we use to be effective and efficient? Are there certain steps that we can take first for someone that maybe just doesn't know where to start, how we can implement all of this? I think it's, it is really thinking and being intentional about building up their confidence. And the best thing that we can do actually when we are training is storytelling, is telling the stories of maybe the hardships that the trainer faced when they were operating that forklift or um, the hardships that the organization had because they couldn't quite figure out how to, you know, hit this metric and what they decided or what they needed to do. I think it's it's all about that open communication. It's about training. It's about asking the trainee questions. It's okay to ask, do you feel comfortable? Do you feel confident in this? Do you still need support? 
and 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 demonstrating to them that it's okay. Yeah. I think that safety is kind of hard in the sense that sometimes that work that we put up front in training somebody does not necessarily yield dollars. However, I would rather in the short term take the time to effectively and efficiently train somebody so that they feel comfortable so that in the long term, we don't have all these underlying issues and injuries and uncertainties. So so that's really where I think we need to focus on shifting our attention when it comes to safety training. And right now with the labor shortage, it's easy for safety to want to get the boot because we have, we've got sales we have to achieve. We've got things yep. that we've got to hit. And so we're going to rush on the safety. But like I said earlier, at the end of the day, whether it's a metric or a KPI when it comes to safety, keeping people safe is the right thing to do. It'll always be the right thing to do. Yeah. I do love that. Some of the things you talk about, I know Ted and I have conversed with you in the past. Um, I love the things you share on LinkedIn, whether it's business or personal. You you are a very good storyteller, and I love that because when I think of people sharing their story or getting together with a friend or when you've done safety training, when you hear of an example or a story that affected someone, it just resonates and sits with you, and you remember that more. Stories are so powerful, right? I mean, right. They really are. And I think stories bring out, I know you're a very um, empathetic person. I think that shows in your communication. And storytelling can just be such a good way to communicate. One thing that we briefly talked about, but I just kind of want to end with this, is the physical part of safety. And I know you're very passionate about tying that mental and emotional part and how really it goes, it's more intertwined than some people think. Can you just briefly tell us your thoughts on that? Yeah, so... I do believe that the answer of getting all these physical safety metrics met is through the mental and emotional safety of folks. And like we talked about with all these examples, if we're just getting all these bullet points of facts, that's overloading our brain. I had an employee earlier this week who's new and I love the point that she said. She's like, my brain is full. Yeah. And she was right. Like, I know that feeling. Right. Yes, I say that all the time. you're <laughs> getting all this stuff and you're like, this is just too much. And what's happening is that we're just so focused. We're so tight. We're expecting ourselves to take all this information in because when we look around and all of our coworkers or leaders know all of this stuff, I'm going to feel stupid because it's not clicking. And that's where we have to take a step back and incorporate the stories, incorporate the um, the question asking, and even the trainer sharing on themselves. Like, you know what? When I first learned this, this was a lot, and this yes. is what I had to do to get you know to to where I am. Well, I, I really like that. You know, just that one facet. Talk about new employees, right? I mean, think about the end of the first day. They got their W-9. They got their insurance. They got all this stuff to do. And then, you know, hey, let's throw on some safety, too. And they're already full at that point, um, yeah. you know, and, and over their capacity. And I think that we really need to take that. And I, I advise a lot of our clients, you know, hey, talk very briefly about safety. It's important. And then let's hit it about a week later 
or something yeah. like that. And we seem to have a lot better results because people, I think, are more relaxed. They understand the culture a little bit more maybe. But, yeah, I think you're right. We, we try to push right away to meet deadlines and, and make sure we're hitting that checkbox, right? And so – that's done on to the next yeah. one. And, and, and we really got to, it's hard not to do. It's, it's easy for us to talk about it, right. um, but, but not to do that as much. And I know too that you um, do some mentoring of new safety yep. professionals and that's kind of been your guideline as let's create an environment where we have a relationship first, where we get to know each right. other. It's not going to be, okay, we're going to sit down for five hours and do do this. I say a lot, my brain is full. And I know <laughs> as you get older, people say you got to let stuff go to bring new things in. I think that you brought up in the beginning, the busyness and the distractions of life affect yep. all of us. I go back to your example of driving and having, you know, a 16 year old and such and how for so many years they kind of learned by watching. I know that with our last kiddo who's 16 <laughs> now, um, you know, what I noticed is kids don't just sit and watch as much. They're on those phones in the car. Oh, they so, have no clue what you yeah, were doing. That's I, amazing. I, you know, like they don't see all the things I'm doing or how I'm filling up a, mm -hmm. a gas tank like I used to. So I intentionally mm -hmm. said, you know, when we're riding, since you have your temps, put that phone down when you're watching me because you're not catching half of this. Yeah. And I think just society today fills our brains. So when a new employee goes to learn something new, they have so much of life already there. Plus, like you said, something brand new. That's a great point. And Ted, I really liked your point about taking the time to really effectively train because at the end of the day too, it's not about us checking the box that we've trained. The real measure is that how have they learned? Yes. Right. And everybody's going to learn differently. That means the trainer or the leader has to facilitate their purpose and progress of learning all of that. And it's going to be different from every person. Correct. And that's tiring too sometimes. I, yes. I, I always, it drives me crazy when I hear, well, you got to do an hour of fall protection. Or you got to do an hour of, you know, whatever that training is. And that's what, that's what we meet to my requirement. Well, can we do that in 20 minutes and probably yeah. get more? You really can, right? I mean, yeah. if you do it effectively and, and you do it with a little bit of passion and stuff like that, I, I truly believe that you can make those trainings Fine. where they're much better because our attention spans nowadays are so short, you know, and yeah. and being able to do that. So, hey, thank you for being on the show today. I really yeah, enjoyed our conversation yes. that all thank three of us you. had today. But as you know, me being the positive <laughs> safety coach, have to get to the best part of the show. Well, I don't know if it's the best part, but I always say it is. because I was going to say, I think very rarely is it the best part, but okay. <laughs> All right, are you ready for our first question? Yes. Okay. How do you keep a bowl from charging? How do you keep a bowl from charging? I don't know. Well, you take away the credit card. <laughs> ah, <-da> <laughs> so sometimes even though our kids are older we pass these by them and this was one of the favorites uh oh. of the week what do you get when you cross a snail with a porcupine a snail with a porcupine i don't know a slow poke <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, so we don't have the best jokes but we have them family friendly here on i'm gonna write that one down for my kids there you i think go. they'll like it that, that's a good one right <laughs> kelsey if people want to get a hold of you how would they do that how would they go about doing that um yeah connect with me on linkedin i love to meet and network especially with folks um in the valley in wisconsin so yeah connect with me on linkedin Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We enjoyed it. Yes, we did. Oh, thank you. We thank you it for your time. So nice. 
Have a super safe day. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Bye-bye. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to TED Speaks with Ted Carew, owner of Total Health and Safety Solutions, providing health and safety support to businesses by customizing a safety process to fit their needs, big or small. Please connect at ted.carew at healthandsafetynow.com or visit our website, healthandsafetynow.com to share your safety stories or find out more about how we can work together to ensure your people go home safely and turn an expense into a profit center. Follow us and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Have a super safe week. 